Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. What's going on, everybody? Josh here. Before we get you ready for another edition of the Four Corners Podcast, here this week's ad from DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors like myself, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will, too. Listen to this great offer. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wagers are paid out in site. Credits restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. The Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is Carolina Basketball. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Michigan out of timeout. And Weber, front court, Carolina thought he'd travel with it. Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes a timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Now gets it away to Donald Williams, down the side to Stackhouse. Stackhouse streaking in on Park, reverse duck is good, and he gets fouled by Park. Oh my goodness, what a dunk. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams' front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebound. Welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony here with you tonight. Anthony joining me over the phone as we got big-time recruiting news for Carolina. Um, another, and more roster news as Armando Baycott as returning to UNC. And other Tar Heels news and nuggets we will get to later in the show. But the first thing we're going to start off with today's episode is the pod thought of the day. A new segment that, debate, or that, that debuted um, two episodes ago. Anthony mentioned last week that it 
it was really inspiring for him. So I thought no better way to start the day, start the podcast with the pod thought of the day. And today, oh, here we go, baby. Yeah, here today we go to our man Roy Williams and his pod. And, and today's pod of the th- thought of the day goes like this: See the rocks in your path not as obstacles, but as opportunities to climb higher. And if that's not inspirational, I don't know what is. Um, thought hey, it was I'm ready to run through a damn brick wall over here. <laughs> thought it was time to go back to our man Roy Williams for one of his uh, very much uh, one of his very wisdom states. As I can't talk as of right now, but there you go. You're so mystified by the quote, buddy. It's okay. Yeah, the pod thought of the now in its new home. We will start off every podcast with that as the team start off every practice with their thought of they will move on to the main reason we are recording tonight and that's recruiting and i mentioned off the bat that we had major recruiting news for carolina basketball and that is because hubert davis has landed his first major commitment as the new head coach of the Tar Heels, of course, he landed Will Shaver back earlier this month. But as we talked about with Shaver's commitment, he's a developmental guy. Guy's going to be here probably four years. We didn't have to beat anybody out for Will Shaver's services. Not Unlike the commitment of Seth Trimble, who commits to Carolina, um, he picked the Tar Heels over Michigan, which was a surprise. When we talked to you guys about Seth Trimble last week, the whole talk was, Michigan's the favorite. Um, Carolina has a lot to uh, has a lot of work to do if they were to land him, and the tide changed for his, uh, for his recruitment uh, after less than a week after he visited Carolina. He announced he was going to commit. All of a sudden, he got five, six, seven crystal balls from the guys over at twenty four seven Sports, and tonight he made it official, announcing he will join North Carolina. Um, you know, and we you know this 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 is a really big commitment, as I mentioned. Four-star combo guard, I mean, he can play the point guard or the shooting guard position. Average 23.6 rebounds and four assists as a junior. And uh, just really the perfect fit for what Hubert Davis wants in his backcourt as he wants to have multiple guys that can play the one or the two. And this is a guy that can score the ball in a variety of different ways, impact, impact the game on the defensive end of the court. And really just the first signature recruiting win for Hubert Davis as himself and his staff are trying to establish themselves as a recruiting force um, in college basketball. Well, that's, I think, the main thing that you got to take away from this is that, I mean, look at how quickly they were able to turn this recruitment. Now, I mean, look, they were in it because he is the brother of J.P. Tokido. So Carolina definitely had an opportunity here. But they seized it, and it shows that Carolina still holds that position as one of the blue bloods in college basketball. It's special to go and visit Chapel Hill. It has an impact on guys. And, yeah, you've got to get a, give a lot of credit to Hubert Davis and to his staff as a whole for wrapping this one up. Because, again, like you said, we were talking about this last week. Um I mean, there was there was uncertainty, but yeah, I mean, Michigan was the team that was still seen as the leader at the time. Not only did you take over that lead, you then basically convinced him to commit right there after the visit. Probably was a solid commit to the staff after the visit. Ended up waiting and making the decision now here in the middle of the week. Um, you know, because he wanted the edits and the videos, all that kind of stuff. But, I, I mean, it's it's definitely a really good sign for Carolina out of the gate. I think these are the things, you know, people will say, well, you know, 
really be getting that excited over a four-star? Should we really be getting excited about one commitment or two commitments in a class? Look, these are the first commitments of the Hubert Davis era. You're going to get excited about these guys whenever they commit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this this one feels pretty big because we, we, we talked about him last week. He's, he's a guy that you know may have a little bit of developing to do, but he, uh, he, he can play the point guard position pretty dang, pretty dang good. He, he's a guy that you know can get up and down the floor. He drives the lane aggressively. He's going to be a guy that in this new style of offense, if Carolina can space the floor the way that they want to, he's going to be able to attack the basket and succeed, whether that's finishing at the rim, whether that's finding the open man with the pass, whatever. This is going to be a guy that's going to have a chance to succeed. I think the biggest thing with him, when we talk about him going forward, is first of all, what is his role going to be? That's probably going to depend on what happens with Jaden Bradley. And secondly, it's going to be how quickly can he sort of establish himself as a guy with this Carolina you know, the, what it, the new system that they're going to be in. Because as we saw this past year, you know, R.J. Davis is probably right around that same area that he's going to end up being ranked once they go through and redo all the ratings. It'll, you know, probably still be a little bit off because they won't have seen as much of these guys as some of the other past recruiting classes. But this will probably be a guy somewhere right around in that same range. And we saw the ups and downs that R.J. Davis had this season. Will it be similar with Trimble? We'll just have to wait and see. I think the thing about freaking out about a four-star recruit is it's different right now because this is the first time Hubert Davis is recruiting as a head coach you've got a virtually a brand new staff that hasn't hasn't established themselves hasn't established relationships with schools with coaches and all that stuff so every every big commitment is big and another thing is this I think us as Carolina fans we got to look ourselves in the mirror and say that the program is going through a transition. And in a lot of ways, this program is rebuilding in the modern era, the modern image of what college athletics is with the transfer portal, with name, image, and likeness literally right around the corner. So everything that Carolina is doing under Hubert Davis is big because it's the first time that they're doing it um, with the new head coach who's trying to establish himself as, as a coach and, of course, as a recruiter. And, you know, you mentioned he had JP, you know, the, the brother of JP Tokuto. Tokuto accompanied him on his visit. And I think I think that spoke volumes because I think that just proves that the Carolina family isn't diminishing under Hubert Davis. I think in a lot of ways, and this is no slight to Roy Williams, I think it's going to continue to grow stronger um, under Hubert Davis because how passionately he talks about the family, what it means to him. Every guy on his staff is a Carolina guy, whereas under Roy Williams, they were Kansas guys that we converted into Carolina guys. And I think that spoke volumes to Trimble coming in here. You know, Armando Baycott, who we'll talk about in a minute, coming back, leaving a legacy at Carolina. Trimble can now follow what Tokoto did, a three-year player at Carolina, and put a legacy here with the Tar Heels. And, I mean, you know, you talk about his play on the court. You love the way he can score the ball. He can get to the rim. He's got a nice pull-up, get to the you know the elbow and shoot a jump shot, something we haven't seen really since Kobe White. The thing I love about him is a guard that rebounds, you know, averaged 5.9 rebounds a game as a junior. I've stressed it since the coaching change happened, and we're changing to being a more guard-oriented team. If Carolina wants to compete at a high level, they're going to have to rebound the ball, which means their guards are going to have to get to the backboards. This guy is a willing an able rebounder. You gotta love that. Also love his four assists. I mean, he has the savvy to get his teammates involved. And uh, 
you know, he was on his visit the same time Jaden Bradley was on his visit as well, which brings us to what does this mean for Jaden Bradley? And I think it still means what it was last week. I think Carolina wants both of those guys. Carolina needs both of those guys. And I think Hubert Davis and his staff's vision was selling on those two guys as playing in the backcourt together in the years to come for the Tar Heels. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it. I, I mean, Bradley, I think, is a guy that you definitely look at and say, if he comes to Carolina, he's probably a one-and-done guy. Maybe, depending on you know what ends up happening, could end up being similar to Caleb Love. But honestly, if he comes to Carolina, you're hoping he's one-and-done because of the talent that he is because he lives up to that hype. So you would still be getting a guy in Trimble that you're selling to him, look, you're going to come in. Maybe you don't contribute right away, but you can grow into a big contributor on this team. And see, this is the this is the other thing when it comes to Hubert Davis being able to sell a guy like that. Hubert Davis was a four-year player. Hubert Davis was not a superstar when he first came to Carolina. Wasn't a superstar when he was on the recruiting trail either. But he turned into a really, really solid player. I mean, he's a guy we were talking about some of the most underrated Toriel basketball players. That, what, last year or the mm-hmm. year before? One of those two. He was my top guy. Uh, he's, he's a guy that just doesn't get talked about enough because of what he came in as, basically an afterthought, and left as Carolina's leading scorer in his final season. He was one of the better players at the ACC that year as well. So... I, that's the thing. I think that's the, the outlook that they probably have for Tremble, where if you're bringing in Bradley, he's probably a guy that's going to come in. He's going to be able to contribute for you almost immediately. And I'm going to be honest with you. You know, Carolina is still going to be able to sell the fact that they kind of need that because unless I, – I, I don't see it happening again. Unless you just have another down year from Caleb Love, he is going to the NBA. And then the question is, okay, well, does that mean you want R.J. Davis taking over there? Might not be the worst option in the world, but R.J. Davis is a combo guard. He's a guy that I think, you know, you he showed pretty good ability off the ball, uh, and I think that's probably an area where you, you like to play him a little bit more as of right now until he can kind of prove himself as a point guard. But I, I would say if – Caleb Love leaves, they would love to make the transition to Jaden Bradley. I don't think that's one that they would be overly concerned about. Yeah, he'd be a freshman. There'd still be those concerns. But you would then have a situation where you would have a junior or Jay Davis. You would have DeMarco Tun would be back there as well. So you'd have multiple guys that could help him out at the same time. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about the possibility of these two guys teaming up. And like you said, I think one of the other things that a lot of people don't realize that we're probably going to see a lot more of is you are going to see two point guards on the court at the same time. We saw it a lot when Joel Berry and Marcus Page were playing together back in that 2016 season. I think we're going to see a lot of that going forward again, where if they have two guys that are primarily – better with the ball in their hands but they feel like that's their best chance to score that's their best chance to be able to compete and win games they're going to put those guys out there pretty often together 
And I think there's a possibility that they're still going to be looking at that and trying to sell that on this recruiting trail. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to – like right now you're selling that vision because there isn't proof that it's going to work under Hubert Davis. But, that's, I mean, that's the way basketball is moving to right now. The more ball handlers you have, more guys that can score with the ball, the harder it is to defend – and, you know, you look at the guys on the roster, look at Kerwin Walton. He's a guy that, you you know, he's a off the – he plays better without the basketball. Same thing probably what you see with Puff Johnson. Those are guys that are spot shooters. They're come off screens and shoot the ball, whereas Caleb Love, or especially R.J. Davis last year, so much better with the ball, attacking the basket as opposed to playing without the ball. So if you can just get, a you know, a healthy combination of those guys playing together – um, you're gonna, you know, that's that's what you want, and I mean, and I've stressed this really since it happened. You go back to 2019, 2020, when Carolina seemingly lost its entire backcourt injuries at one point during the season or not. You can't have too much backcourt depth, so you need as many guys that you can have on your roster that can handle the ball, that can shoot the ball, and ultimately score the ball. And so even if Trimble is a guy that comes off the bench next year and doesn't play but 10 to 12 minutes while well, he's learning the system, he's growing as a player, and then you know he'll be around for a sophomore in his junior season with guys that are going to be around here like R.J. Davis, like Caleb Love, like Donovan Puff Johnson, as you mentioned. So you know, just this is, this is the good stepping point for Hubert Davis as he's building this class, he's selling his vision of the program and being able to flip this kid's commitment from Michigan – who wonder Jawan Howard's been a recruiting giant. They're getting just about any guy they want, and their success on you know on the court has also been pretty darn good as well. It's a pretty big statement for Hubert Davis and his staff. Um, it's not the only recruiting news for Carolina basketball this week, as Justin Taylor will announce his commitment on Saturday. Carolina made the final five for Justin Taylor, along with the hometown Virginia Cavaliers, the home state Virginia Tech Hokies, the Syracuse Orange and the Indiana Hoosiers. I think if Carolina lands him, you know, in a perfect world, Taylor comes to comes to Carolina. This isn't a perfect world. There is a chance that, or there's a greater chance around he's in Virginia than Carolina Blue. But again, uh, you know, just being in the finals for a guy of his service, he's a highly regarded wing player. This is a guy that virtually every ACC school wanted. Uh, uh, you know, other Big Ten schools as well won this guy. Carolina making the push, getting to his finalists is a good step in the right direction. It's proven that Hubert Davis and his staff can build relationships and they're establishing that connection with recruits. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We will have you covered on the website, HeelToughBlog.com, whether he commits or doesn't commit to the target. So any other recruiting news you want to get out? Any more thoughts on Seth Trimble's commitment tonight before we move on? No, I mean, with Taylor, uh, yeah, that's that's one where I feel like, you know, Carolina misses, I don't think that we should be concerned, really. I, I, I think, to be honest with you, yeah, going in, the expectation is that he's probably going to go to either Virginia or Syracuse. If Carolina wants to get him, I think that would just be a bonus. So I, I think that's the mindset that a lot of people should take going in. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think it's kind of a good sign you know, just around the the entire class. But Taylor really shows that. You know, this staff got in here really quickly. And, and I mean, it was a, it was a tough transition. You, you got to think, not only are you coming in as a new staff, you're coming in as a new staff almost immediately having to gear yourself up to talk to kids that you, you, you may have offers on 
the previous staff may have had have had offers on, but even the guys that were returning to the staff, they had never met these kids. They never even seen these kids in person. Most of them, they've only, they only seen them on a laptop. They maybe talked to them on the phone a couple of times. That's about it. So the the job that they've done, come in and be as aggressive as they've been, land two commitments already, and and putting. I mean, they have themselves pretty much in the same position that they were for arguably their biggest target in this class, Jaden Bradley. You, you got to give these guys a round of applause. They've done a great job so far. One thing I did have on a recruiting topic that I have since deleted with the commitment of Seth Trimble. Over the weekend, Hubert Davis offered two forwards in the 2023 class. That is Tyler Nickel and Cam Whitmore. Get over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com, as we broke down both of those guys' offers in the next recruiting class. Moving on to some other news. Armando Baycott made it official news that he will be back for the 2021-22 season. Baycott withdrew himself from the NBA draft on Monday, the day that the NBA draft combined underway in Chicago. This is something that, of course, we have known for really about last month and a half or so, but this is finally official as Carolina will return their leading rebounder and scorer from last season. As I mentioned earlier, he tweeted out that he wants to leave a legacy at UNC. I don't have this on the run that I provided with you, but I guess we'll just ask the question here. For Baycott to leave a legacy, what does that entail for him entering his junior season? Dang, I'm extremely unprepared for this and put it on the rundown. Uh, I mean, geez, that's, that's, that's a tough question just because I think, I mean, look, if he comes out and leaves the team in scoring again, I mean, he's led your team in scoring back-to-back years. Um, you would imagine that if he leads your team in scoring he's this year because guys are going to take another step forward. You would imagine that he'll probably be on one of the All-ACC teams. So I think, I mean, that, that would be a legacy that he's leaving behind, a pretty solid one. But I think if you're talking about a guy that's going to leave a legacy and be remembered, um, you know, for, by, by Torio fans when they go back and talk about this era, I think, you know, one of the main things that he's just got to do, I, I don't even think that he's really got to come out and be the superstar. But, I, I mean, if you're the guy that can be the vocal leader, if you're the guy that can maybe lead this team and score and rebounding the main thing if you can win in hubert davis's first year and if you're the guy that people attribute the most to that then you're going to leave a legacy behind and i think you definitely got an opportunity to do that um you know i'm going to be interested to see with more space how he's he's able to do it it's going to show you you know some things that we haven't seen from him beforehand He'll have a lot more space to work with in the middle of the floor because you won't have another big down there. So, you know, there will be opportunities where he may be able to take guys off the dribble. We'll have to see if that's something that's a part of his game. If it is, well, that gives him a a heck of a chance to probably make an NBA roster then. You know, they didn't see that this year, so that may be something they're kind of waiting and and trying to see from him. Um, But I think one of the other things that you're going to need to see from him this year, regardless of if it's going to be contributing to his legacy or not, he has got to be a guy that steps it up even a little bit more than he has the last couple of years on the glass. 
because you, you know, you're losing a guy in Garrison Brooks. So, I mean, look, wasn't the greatest rebounder, but still helped out a lot there. And you're going with a system where you're going to have more of a stretch forward look. Brady Maddock is not going to be a guy that's going to clean the glass. He'll help you out a few times there, but he's not going to be this super far rebounder that Carolina is used to. You also lose Dayron Sharp down there off the bench, who was, you know, arguably probably your most talented rebounder this year. Didn't lead in rebounding because he was coming off the bench, but he was a monster when he was on the floor. Now you don't have those guys there. There's not much depth behind you. So I think that's probably the area that he needs to be able to have the biggest impact. But I think, look, if, if he takes some marginal steps forward in scoring and rebounding, uh, if he can show, you know, that he can be the leader of this team on the floor, I think he'll probably leave behind a legacy at and potentially be able to help his draft stock in the process. I, I think the thing you mentioned is the most important thing. He needs to help this team, this program win. He's been a productive player his first two seasons at Carolina as a freshman. He had the second most double-doubles in Carolina basketball history. And, of course, last year he led the team in scoring and rebounding. But what did the team do? His freshman year they went 14-19. and 19. And last year they went 18-11 and 11 and lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They haven't won an ACC regular season title. They haven't won an ACC tournament. And, of course, they haven't won a game in the NCAA tournament. If he can establish a winning culture under Hubert Davis, that, that as you mentioned, that will be the legacy leaving as he's a guy that was here through the coaching change but was able to get the program back to where it's supposed to be, competing for ACC titles, competing for national titles. And, and so I think that's what it is. Help the team win. And Hubert Davis made it made a point blank. He thinks with Hubert or with Armando Baycott back in the fold, he has a team that can contend to win the ACC. And what's my statement all the time? If you're continuing to win the ACC, you're continuing to win the national championship. We'll have to see how all that unfolds, but it is nice to know that Armando Baycott is officially back for his junior season. We'll move on to some other Tar Heel notes before we do shut down this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We'll start with some scheduling news. As UNC has added Brown to its non-conference schedule that came out on Tuesday, um, Carolina's non-conference schedule is not finalized as of yet. As of right now, we do know they are going to play Purdue in the Hall of Fame tip-off classic, and they will get the winner-slash-loser of either Villanova or Tennessee, depending on what Carolina does in that event. The last time Carolina competed in that event, back in 2013, they beat Richmond and they upset Louisville to win the uh, Hall of Fame tip-off class, which takes place up in Unkinsville, Connecticut. They also will play UCLA in the CBS Sports Classic. The ACC and Big Ten Challenge has not been announced as of yet, but today the SEC and the Big 12 announced their games for their challenge, so we could expect or, or we could get those games for the ACC Big Ten Challenge Anytime soon. Additionally, Carolina will take on Monmouth as a part of the non-conference schedule and the College of Charleston. Um, so there you go. Brown added on to the slate for Carolina. Carolina's non-conference schedule for next season. Be interesting to see how Hubert Davis scheduled in his first season as a head coach under Roy Williams. We usually play the toughest schedule in the country. I don't think it'll be like that this year. I think Hubert Davis will kind of ease himself into the head coaching role, um, but. As of right now, they still they still have a pretty a pretty strong slate, and I don't I don't know I don't remember if the ACC is still starting the if we're still starting the season with an ACC game. Remember when we moved to twenty games two years ago? You opened the right. season with an ACC game. I don't know if that's sticking around for this year or not. We'll find that we'll find that out though when the ACC 
does release their schedule. Um, moving on, Walker Miller, a guy that's transferring out of the program from Carolina, has found a home. He was transferring to Monmouth and will play for former Tar Heel player and finalist for the head coaching job this past season during the offseason uh, during the coaching search in King Rice. Uh, I kind of caught everyone on such surprise because we all thought he was going to play for his brother, Wes, who, of course, is at Cincinnati. But Monmouth has been a, is a good school. King Rice has done a fantastic job there, um, building that mid, you know that mid-major into a program that competes for, I think they're in the MEAC every year. They've made one NCAA tournament under King Rice. So Walker Miller... Moving up to play up there in upstate New York. And we'll, of course, see Carolina when they come back to Chapel Hill sometime this December. Another transfer news, Seventh Woods, who transferred out of the program a few years ago and went to South Carolina. He's now transferring out of South Carolina for his final year of eligibility. And will play for Morgan State um, as he's taken advantage of that extra COVID year granted by the NCAA. To some more interesting news. Last time we talked to you, we were talking about Dayron Sharp and the future of his NBA. Um, it's it's gotten more cloudy since we last talked to you guys. He has signed with an agent. He signed with the CAA Sports Agency. That happened about, I think, a day after we recorded talking about whether we knew had he signed with an agency or not. But Monday, when the NBA draft uh, combine kicked off in Chicago, where he was attending, Dayron Sharp, well, promptly left. He canceled all his interviews, his workouts, as last and has since left Chicago and what's becoming a mysterious. No one knows what's happened, but all we do know is that Dayron Sharp is not there in the NBA draft combine. Anthony, what did you think when you saw the tweet from a guy that you thought was, you know, Jeremy Wu, a guy that you thought was Jimmy Wu from Marvel's, um, from from the Marvel's MCU? Yeah, I do want to say that uh, Jeremy Wu much more accomplished than Jimmy Wu, uh, a, a, a very good NBA writer. Uh, went through his Twitter feed, saw he's written some pretty good pieces there. Uh, it, 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 it seems legitimate. And, yeah, it's um, – I, I don't really know what to take away from it. I don't know if, like some people have suggested, he just got that good of a review from a team beforehand. I, I, I just uh, – to me, it just does not make a lot of sense. Even if you did get that review from somebody, look, you may – you may think, okay, I got this great review from the Boston Celtics or whatever. That was one of the teams I saw him mock to. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's a team that's even in the playoffs. Maybe the team's still playing. Maybe somebody like Atlanta. You're like, okay, well, I'd, I'd like to go play for them. Okay, that's fine. But this is the thing that I don't think you realize. One, you have the option to potentially move up some of these draft boards. Two, you know, this is the biggest concern is you don't know who's going to be on the board when that team that says they would draft you is going to pick. Because if one of the guys that they have rated ahead of you all of a sudden drops on the board for some reason. You know, we've seen guys that have taken pretty steep drops that we did not think were going to be there. Remember a few years ago, people were stunned when Bull Bull dropped into the middle of the second round. Now, he hasn't really panned out, but still – that's a, one of those guys where, look, you know, there, there are some guys that may be ahead of you on these boards that could drop. And all of a sudden, that team that was going to take you says, well, hey, man, we had this guy rated higher on our board. We can't, we, we can't, you know, pass over him for you. And, and that's the situation that I think you got to be concerned about. You know, look, not going to pass any judgment on him because you don't know the situation. This could be a family emergency. For all we know, 
it's still prevalent right now. We saw that Chris Paul was missing games due to being in COVID protocol. You don't know if that could play a factor into it. So you don't want to judge. But it does seem a little mysterious that nothing has come out of it. Basically, it was just reported that, hey, he was here, was about to do some interviews, pulled out, and that was gone. Haven't heard anything from anybody else on it. Haven't heard anything from the agency that he signed with. And also, that's another weird twist to this. We thought, and we apparently thought right at the same time, which, uh, humble brag, uh, we, we thought that he hadn't signed with an agent. He hadn't until late last week. Ends up signing with the agent, and four days after he signs with the agent, he, go, he, he goes to the combine, and this report comes out that he then pulls himself out and leaves the combine. So a, a very strange situation, to say the least. I mean, look, I think we can all say it. I, I mean, look, he maybe didn't leave on the greatest terms, you know, some of the quotes that came out afterwards, some people were a little hurt by for sure. But look, we're wishing this guy the best. We're wishing him plenty of success. We talk about him, you know, we're still going to talk about him in the draft process. And we hope he goes first round. But as of right now, I think the main thing that we've got to sit here and think about this situation is we're just hoping that everything is okay with him health-wise, with his family health-wise, all that kind of stuff. And hopefully this situation works out the best for him. As you mentioned, he did sign with an agency, which means he forfeited his ability or his eligibility to return to college. I've seen a lot of Carolina fans thinking, oh, he's coming back to Carolina. Well, he can't because he signed with an agency. Once you sign with an agent, you do forfeit the rest of your college eligibility. Some sad news for Kobe White as he will be out four months after having surgery on his left shoulder after he suffered an injury injury playing basketball away from the Chicago Bulls. That wasn't why he was in Chapel Hill either when he visited UNC earlier this summer. But Kobe White, who's entering a pretty big third year for him in his career with the Bulls, will miss the next four months. The the timeline is he'll be back right before the NBA season does tip back off, as the NBA will tip back off in October, as opposed to December, as we're going back to normal as we're coming out of this COVID-19 pandemic. So Kobe White out for the next four months. Last week, uh, we will update you on Cam Johnson, who's the only remaining Tar Heel in the NBA postseason, and he's had a fur and he's had two big games. For the Suns, as the Suns have gone up 2-0 in the Western Conference Finals, he um, scored, I think it was 12 points in Game 1 off the bench. Last night, he had 11 points off the bench, didn't miss a shot, and drew really high praise from Jeff Van Gundy after he had a nice cut to the basket for a layup. And even Mike Breen referred to him um, as a, as a or no, it was Mark Jackson said he's a starting forward in the NBA. You watched game one of the Western Conference Finals. You watched some of game two last night. What's impressed with you with Cam Johnson's play so far this postseason? Yeah, I mean, he, look, he's a little bit of a different player at the NBA level. I think people have kind of figured out the fact that he can shoot the three. So he's <laughs> got to be a little more aggressive in attacking the basket. And we've seen it a couple of times. He had a monster dunk in game one of this series on a putback. Also, I mean, we've seen that, and that shouldn't shock anybody. We saw a highlight reel dunk from him earlier in the year where he threw one down reverse on a guy. I mean, it's it's interesting because his game has changed a little bit. Uh, you can tell that he's, he's put in a lot of work. And even though he's not a starter on this team, 
Uh, he definitely values the fact that he is on this team. He puts in a lot of work to be able to contribute what he can contribute when he's on the court. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by him. We knew, you know, when, when he went in, even when he went into the draft process, we thought of him as a guy that was probably going to go somewhere in the late first round. Dude went in the lottery, went to the Suns. Now, at the time, I said, went to the Suns. Man, that might not be the greatest fit for him. Well, with everything that they've done, I mean, James Jones, he's executive of the year for a reason. I mean, that team won 19 games two years ago. Now they're playing in the Western Conference Finals. And as of right now, the way they're playing, they're probably the team that most people would look at and pencil as the favorite to win the NBA Finals if they had to make a pick today. So, I mean, it's just, it's it's amazing to see that he's part of that rebuild. And, you know, I think when you look at his success that he's having, you're just wishing that Kobe White could get in a similar situation because it feels like whenever we've seen Kobe White out there, he's performed well. The problem is, in Chicago, they don't play him. It makes absolutely no sense to me because I'm going to be honest with you, outside of Zach Levine, your team sucks. So... <laughs> Why are you playing it for? You see a guy like Cam Johnson having this type of success, and I mean, we're talking about a guy in Cam Johnson that, I mean, look, we thought he had a chance to be successful at the NBA level. We thought he had a chance to be successful because he just shoot the hell out of the three ball. Other than that, we were like, well, this is a guy that played four years at the college level. He looks like a college player. But, I, I mean, you know, with Kobe White, we thought, okay, Kobe came in, played great, lit it up. That was awesome. We were looking at him and saying, dude, he can be even better in the NBA. If he gets in the right situation, I think he's going to be able to have a lot of success. And, I I mean, look, Cam, you know, is the guy that's still there now. There are some guys that I think going forward, they're going to have give their teams a chance if they can build around them right. Uh, now, I think, you know, Kobe White, I think he's going to have to be traded. I don't think, uh, think Chicago is going to build around him. And as for Cole Anthony, yeah, I- I'm going to tell you, if you stay in Orlando, the best thing that's probably going to happen is a couple trips to Disney. So hopefully the situations can turn around there in those locations. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to see. And, uh, yeah, for the first time in a while, we may have a Toriel in the NBA Finals, and it won't be Danny Green. It won't be Danny Green. As the 76ers, everyone thought we were going to make a run to the NBA Finals. They, of course, got upset in the second round by the Atlanta Hawks. In regards to Kobe White, a change of scenery may work out for him. And there is a team in New York that needs point guard play in the most desperate way, that being our beloved New York Knicks. Not against not against, not against, against trading for Kobe White. In my head, sir. Um, but there you go, guys. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast, a shorter edition as the last ones have been a little bit longer. But as we get out of here, I want to get you guys over to the website, HealToughBlog.com, where we had you covered with Seth Trimble's commitment. Go there, read about his commitment to Carolina, what it means, and where Carolina goes uh, moving forward on the recruiting trail. We also got some football stuff coming up as well. So Anthony was working on a recruiting article as well as Carolina football. It's also in the middle of a really big month for Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. He's A lot of offers are flying left and right for the Tar Heels. They got their first commit last week. So go to the website, HeelToughBlog.com, for your latest football, basketball, whether it's recruiting or just overall general, general news. We do have you covered, and we want to encourage you guys 
to, or I want to encourage you guys to rate, review, but I want you guys to subscribe to the Four Corners Podcast. We have moved over from Spreaker to Megaphone as our hosting site as we're part of the Basketball Podcast Network, but you can find us on every major podcasting platform, most notably Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. Give us a like, review review the podcast so that people haven't found it can find us and get their coverage of Carolina basketball. I want you guys to subscribe. That way you get every podcast right there in your podcast library. Well, with that, I do thank Anthony for staying up late to talk to me about some Carolina basketball. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcasts.